Espresso Royale. Royale, excuse me, Espresso Royale. Why can I not say Royale? Royale. I don't know, you got a mouthful of cookie. I do, oh my God. I have something to do with okay, it. Okay, so this is my my lunch and maybe even my dinner. Um, oatmeal raisin cookie. I don't and that understand is my favorite. that. Why, why is that your lunch and your dinner? Well, I don't know what I'm going to have time to do when I get home. Mm-hmm. Actually, a friend of mine promised to bring dinner over for me, so I'm banking on her Is this not a trustworthy friend? <laughs> oh, a wonderful <laughs> friend, but she's got a lot on her plate right now. She's got memory problems? Kind of like me, memory problems. Memory yeah. problems. Oh, yeah, oh, that yeah, brings we'll us get into to the that. first yeah. movie, huh? We'll get to that in a few minutes. Yeah. Hey, by the way, <laughs> uh, it's Chuck and Pam, in case you weren't aware of that. <laughs> Yammering away, eating... Uh, I've been given a cookie that I can't crunch on the air <laughs> and a drink that I can't slurp no on the slurping, air. So no slurping, no rattling of be, the ice. I don't know why I have these things, but apparently I have these things. Um, we're going to talk about a couple movies this week and uh, maybe touch on some TV stuff. It, it's kind of an off week, really. It is There's not a of, lot. No, there's not. Not a lot. Uh, not like next week. Um, is next week full? Uh, next week has... Two, I hope, good ones. What's the, next week? The Duke, mm. which you loved, mm-hmm. and Doctor Strange. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So yeah. But this week we're going to talk about uh, Memory, the latest Liam Neeson forgettable film, <laughs> and uh, a movie that uh, I think you liked actually more than I did, The Survivor. Yeah, I think I did too. Uh, but what do, you, what do you want to start? You want to start with this uh, survivor? Or no, let's what? let's start with the memory. Want to get rid of it? Let's just get rid of the yeah, memory. Yeah. You know, I, I think that uh, the key, one of the keys to any successful film is that you have uh, empathy with the characters. <laughs> and in watching Memory uh, with Liam Neeson, uh, <laughs> I was hoping I was I was very envious of his ability to forget. Uh, because I was hoping, you know, I'm still remembering this, uh, but I'm quite envious of this, and this is an awful thing to say, of this character's Alzheimer's. Um, it's kind of a neat little twist on things, and this is you know actually why? a yes, remake. Yes, that's why. That is why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, remake of a Finnish film, I believe. Uh, s- Belgian. Belgian. Yeah. Belgian Finnish. Yeah. And they're all, you know, they're you in that, letters. They're letters. Well, but they're all in that same area of the world where it seems just, you know, uh, like paradise. There you go. You never hear about anything bad coming out of Norway no. or Belgium or Sweden. You know, none of that. None of that. True. But this is a, this is a remake of a Belgian film, apparently, uh, Diary of a Killer. Uh, and, um, yeah, the twist is is that the assassin has... Alzheimer's, uh, and Liam just can't uh, can't quite remember exactly what he's doing. But he he remembers enough to get us through two excruciating hours of of needless action. And this is an interesting one as far as his oeuvre is concerned of these late action films, because they're actually trying to do something different here. And he actually has a worthy co-star here in Guy Pierce. Mm-hmm. Who, of course, ironically, I think he was probably cast ironically because of his role in Memento, mm-hmm. in which he, of course, has tattooing things all over his body to remember them. And he does a little bit of that, too. Liam Neeson's character yeah, does. Yeah, only he uses, like, a, a Sharpie a marker, Sharpie. and he's scrolling <laughs> stuff, you know, his hotel room, and his phone number, and all this stuff. The long and short of it is, I think, because I'm going to be real honest with you, uh-huh. I, I, I tuned out of this film. I watched a half hour of it, and then I started picking up a magazine and kind of looked over. And said, the, the, the long and short of it is, is that somehow or another, Monica Bellucci is involved in a child sex trafficking ring that her son 
runs or has partaken in. Oh, that was her son? Right. And uh, the Guy Pierce character, an FBI agent, has saved a young girl from this trafficking ring, and Neeson has been contracted to kill her. To his credit, he does not. Right. He is a criminal with a conscience. He he says, that's a line I'm not not crossing, and that, of course, puts a target on him. There's a good movie in here somewhere. I, 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 really, I bet it's over in Belgium. Probably, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I kept thinking that, that this could be, it could be good, but it just. <sighs> you know, I struggle with American remakes because generally we take something that's really good and we water it down and make yeah. it into something that is not as palatable. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're, we, we're, uh, because you know, other places they make art. Right. This we make a product. You know, so you've got to, as you say, water it down or, or make it, you know, accessible to the, um, you know, the, the, the guy who's going to throw down 20 bucks to watch a movie. Right. You know, or whatever. It, it's just so sad to see Neeson going through this. Because I kept remembering, uh, in the relation to the movie you're going to talk about, you know, this is the guy who was Oscar Schindler. This oh. was the guy who is the linchpin of Schindler's list. I completely forgot film, about that. The film doesn't work without the guy. I mean, he, he completely changed his soul screen persona there. He's heartbreaking at the end of that film. Absolutely. I, I, heartbreaking. You know, I have only walked out of two movies in my life, and that is one that I walked out of mm-hmm. because I struggle wholeheartedly. I'm really nervous about doing The Survivor on live TV You'll here in fine. a little bit because I really struggle. Well, it's your call on whether you no, do it or not. No, I'm going to do it. I will do it, but it's, but, it's, it's difficult for it, me. You know, and, and just the, the way, the traje- trajectory of careers, you know, it, it's just... <laughs> trajectory uh, it makes me think up. This did not well, go what, up. What goes up must come down. <laughs> true, you very know, true. That whole gravity <laughs> yeah. inertia thing, if I remember correctly from my science class in, in high school. <laughs> but, you know, I know that, that he had admitted taking uh, the, the film Taken and other things a lot of scripts because of his wife's death. And right. then he wanted to just submerse himself in work uh, to deal with his grief. And I can completely understand that. But I have a hard time thinking he hasn't gotten some other types of scripts other than these over the last 10 years. Yeah. I, I, I just, I don't get it. Well, and then that makes you start thinking about Bruce Willis. And he does have oh. dementia. Or actually, he was diagnosed as having aphasia, which makes me think he's had a stroke Resulting from head trauma? I don't know. From, right, yeah. From yeah. A heart disease or I'm not sure what. Well, and, and ne- it's funny you say that because Neeson does not look good here. I'm, I'm gonna Has look he looked good old. in the last three movies? This one, he looks he ashen. Seemed, his color hasn't been good, but here he seemed actually thinner. His face to me seemed a bit more gaunt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and like, you know, dude, you're, you're, you're like wasting away before well, how old our is eyes. He? Well, I'm, I'm looking it up. Cheese <laughs> and rice. Give me a minute. Um, directed by Martin Campbell, by the way, uh, who directed uh, Casino Royale, uh, which some people argue is the greatest Bond film of all time. Uh, I would not argue that. Oh, it's in the top five. Okay, whatever. It's in the top five. Because, because you know, I, if you want to go toe-to-toe on this, because I know you're an expert at the mm, Bond films. Yeah. You bet. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> uh, that, that, uh, that was the first one with Daniel Craig. I mean, it, it, it really is a solid, solid movie. I, I think since Daniel Craig has been Bond, the movies are better. But that, to me, is a low bar. Oh, what's that? I had to say that last part, didn't I? <laughs> this is a whole other podcast uh-huh, we're going to have to uh-huh. do. 
Dr. Neeson is 70. <laughs> he's 70. Okay. He's 70. So. He's, he, is, he has definitely aged. No, yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, so, just long and short of it. Just skip this. Just skip it. It's another Neeson film, just like the, all the rest. And I, I always, I chuckle at the fact that they try and throw some humor in there, but it always fl- falls flat. Wouldn't this have been funnier, though, as a dark comedy? Can you see this assassin killing the wrong people? <laughs> and the guy who's hiring him, I can't, why did you shoot him? That's not the guy. Yeah. Well, that did happen. But, but couldn't you, you could play this for laughs. And instead of shooting the, the target, he's actually killing other people in accent who are worse. You know, they all deserve it. Right. But he keeps it, and you know, I can see the guy in the back going, oh, my God, we, we got to get another, you know. They, they, they missed the boat on this. This could have been hilarious. Right, or they could have taken it to a very dark and perhaps not funny, but maybe darkly humorous way about when you have dementia, you know, what happens with that. You're not oriented to time and place and perhaps person. So, yeah, you know, you got problems. You could, yeah, you got some problems. <laughs> maybe I think you're on to a new screenplay there, Chuckster. I'm going to start working on it. There you go. There you go. This one, though, the next one, um, I'd been looking forward to quite some time. And after seeing it, I understand why the survivor was delayed so many times as far as release is concerned. This this is a hard movie to watch. Oh my gosh, it is incredibly difficult. And I, as I alluded to before, I struggle with these kinds of movies. I mean, I, I remember in I think I was in junior high or maybe even elementary school, and I read the wrote, I read the Diary of Anne Frank, mm-hmm. and it still haunts me. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to. I and it does. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to make it through the show today. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's, it, it was very difficult for me to watch this movie. This is a movie about a man named Harry Haft, and that's who Ben Foster plays. And we meet him, um, what, maybe eight years post-World War II, and he's in the United States, and he's a fighter. back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we ratchet back in time to when he was in love with this young girl. It was just at the brink of when uh, the Nazis invaded Poland and World War II was was really surfacing. Um, and both these people were captured because they were Jewish and taken to prison camps, concentration camps. Um, Harry doesn't know what happened to his beloved Leah and he knows that he literally had to fight or die while he was in these this concentration camp. He was in Auschwitz. Um, he was taken because he he was taken into this system of theirs to fight other Jewish people in a ring, and whoever lost was either shot or gassed to death. So he he had to fight or die. Um, and we are taken back into these different situations. And I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't watch all of uh, Memory. I skipped through or I, I was, you know, feeding the dogs, letting the dogs out. With this one, I had to look away several times because I knew that the image could not be burned into my memory. And there's one that I'm not going to forget with yeah. a wheelbarrow full of people. Yeah. Um, we, we definitely are taken back into this, this era and what he has experienced and why he is the man that he is now. There's a, a second story to this. He's, he wants to fight Rocky Marciano. Um, he wants it. He wants to do that not because he wants to win, but because he wants the publicity in order to get into the newspapers in the hopes that maybe his long-lost love, Leah, will see that he's alive and they can be reunited. So this is a love story at its core. 
um, amidst all the atrocities and horrors of war, there's still people hang on to hope and to love. And I thought it was a beautiful story. And I was on the edge of my seat the entire time wanting to know, does, does he not only find love, but how does he battle his inner demons and become a better person or a person that can at least live life for what it is? Um, I think that, you know, you sent me a New York Times article mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. um, the real story and how the son, who's now in his 70s, yeah. had, had written um, his memoirs, the, his dad's memoirs, just a few years before he passed away. And I think the, the movie does a little bit of injustice as to how things turned out mm -hmm. at the end. Um, and we've talked about this. When, peop when, when these movies approach real topics and they... They take it in a different direction as to what really happened at the end. That that kind of bothers me now a little bit. Now, mm -hmm. having read this, I've already written my review. Um, but I'm going to forgive it that because I really, I think it tells an incredible story about something that happened, um, not just with this one man, but there are other, um, other people that went through this and did survive to tell their story as well. And who knew? Did, had you ever heard anything about people fighting in a ring? Yes. You had. I, I had, had not, heard about had that. I did not know about this gentleman. Um, there's another film that was made in the 80s with Willem Dafoe called Triumph of the Spirit. Yeah. And that is a similar similar setup. Right. And it is just as just as brutal as is you it? imagine. You know, you watch something like this, and then you watch something like Memory, and it's like, my God, that's just so fucking trite. So fucking trite. I mean, yeah, I don't want every movie that I see to be as heavy no, as No, heavens this, no. But... There should be some purpose to every movie that you make, even if it is to provide a bit of escapism. Mm -hmm. It should be done well and with intelligence and integrity. And even though I think this film is flawed, the integrity of it is it cannot be questioned. Um, I think it's too long. I had problems with the ending, too, because I wanted more of, as you had mentioned, how is he really dealing with this? Yeah. We don't really get enough of that. We just, we just a see a guy glimpse. raging, yeah. which you understand completely. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, um, yeah. But, boy, when it works, this thing works. Right. Um, and I know it's almost become a cliche, these um, the death camp scenes filmed in black and white. But I think that that's done for a purpose. I, I, I think if you do it in color, it becomes too vivid. I think at that point it becomes too much. And that the black and white thing at least tempers it a sure, bit. Sure, I like that. Uh, and I think that's why it's become the go-to thing for for when filmmakers you know go that route with this with this era and these types of stories. Foster, God damn this guy! Isn't he incredible in this movie? He's incredible. And the thing about him, you know, you look back at his filmography, this guy could have been a major star. And every time he 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 opts for things that again have integrity have intelligence. He made a great film with Woody Harrelson a few years back called The Messenger. Oh, I loved that movie. Jesus that Christ. That went way under the radar. Way under, yeah, again. I love that. This guy's not worried about box office hits or anything, but yeah, Messenger, if you haven't seen it, check it out. He and Woody Harrelson play uh, army officers and their job is to deliver the news when a, a soldier is killed. Their job is to deliver the news home in person. Jesus God. Yeah, I, I he, the guy. This guy thrives on material like this, obviously, and he pulls a De Niro here. I mean, I read that he lost sixty-seven pounds. Yeah, because the scenes in in Auschwitz, he is there's nothing to him. No, I mean, he's strong, but there's nothing to him. And then he gained it all back, and then more because, of course, he you know gets the dad bod and everything with with, with middle age. 
Um, this is on HBO Max, by the way. And um, like I say, even though I think it's a bit flawed, it's still well worth seeing. Well worth seeing. And, you know, it, the, the, the whole thing about we can never forget, that's become a cliche. But when you see what's happening in the world now, no shit. Yeah. We cannot forget this. And the concept of PTSD was not around back right. in that time period. In fact, um, my father fought in World War II. And I remember bringing him to um, his doctor's appointment, and it was, it was for veterans. And the doctor said, um, do you have any issues with sleep or with anger, with anything? Do you suffer from your memories? And he, and he started crying. Yeah. My tough dad yeah. started crying. Yeah, well, and that was that generation, though. You didn't talk about this. No, you didn't. You didn't cry. He, he you talked about no. tripping the, the captain and making him fall in the field, and he had, he was on KP duty. Those are the kind of stories sure. my dad told, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, my, my dad was a Vietnam veteran, and he rarely talked about it. Yeah. He rarely talked about it. But but it manifests I mean, itself in some ways, you know? Well, I mean, people people have to deal. You can't just bury. No. You have to face those ghosts, and, and this is what this story definitely highlights. And obviously at this point, your father, his defenses were down. Yeah. In the doctor's office. Right. And he was suffering from Alzheimer's, yeah, actually. Yeah, defense down, and then it comes out. Yeah, yeah. He was in a safe spot to, to talk about it. Somebody actually asked him about it, which, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, why did I never ask him pointedly those kind of questions? But I guess we, we don't. You, you know? knew something. Or maybe you knew. I didn't want to know. Yeah. You know? I remember film nerd that I was. I always wanted to go see the was? big movies. Yeah. You know, as a teenager, and I couldn't get into our way to movies. My dad would take me to see, you know, because back then they were a bit more strict about checking things. And I bugged him to take me to see The Deer Hunter. Oh, wow. And, of course, I didn't make the fucking connections. I just heard all the, you know, praise of this film. I want to see this film, blah, blah, blah. And he took me. Oh, God. And uh, I was, you know, completely enraptured what was going on. And about halfway through, I looked over at him, and he was shaking in the, in the chair. And eventually, he just got up, and he, he walked out, and he came back. But, you know, and then that, you know, like you say, they don't show it. Yeah. But then, all of a sudden, you know, every once in a while, you see it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and these stories, you have to pay respect by listening to them, by watching them. And knowing. And knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, yeah, on HBO Max. Yeah, go ahead and stream that. I don't think it's playing in theaters, is that? It is not, and yeah. I can understand that now, unfortunately, the way the marketplace is anymore. This this was my fear after COVID, that films like this wouldn't have, uh, they wouldn't take a chance on putting it in theaters. Right. That, that it's just going to be the, the venue for the big budget superhero things. And this would be a great film in the theater. I mean, it's an immersive, I mean, once that story gets you. Yeah, although... For me, something like that is too immersive. Yeah. So protection-wise for me, seeing it at home enabled mm -hmm. me to, I think, temper that, much like you explained the black and white mm -hmm. flashbacks. Yeah. So. Yeah. <sighs> what else we got there, Chuck? Have you watched Severance? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just started it. Okay, how far This is you? on Apple. One, one. Oh, just okay, one. okay. Just one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I just started this. This is on Apple with uh, Adam Scott and um, John Turturro, uh, Patricia Arquette, Chris Walken. Yeah, I know you watch it because I was texting back. I was asked what was wrong with Adam Scott's face. Right, right. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so, only one, per one episode in. This is really strange. Tell me it gets stranger and stays as smart as it is. Yes. 
Okay, good. For the for the uninitiated, Severance takes place at this factory. And I looked this up. I thought, I was wondering if that factory, when, the first shot is that Adam Scott parked in this parking lot and he's like seemingly miles away right. from the actual factory. The parking lot's so huge. This building's so huge. I was wondering if that was actually CGI or something. It's actually the former Bell Labs factory in New Jersey. Really? Actual building. And once you see the show, you'll, you'll understand why I questioned this whole thing because it is just hmm. incredibly big. And he works at this place called Lumen. Lumen. Yeah, Lumen. Lumen. Which means light, light, which is funny. So ironic. <laughs> uh, and if you work at Lumen, you've got to go under, undergo this process. And this process is that somehow or another they've come up with a, a method where they separate your memory. You've got your work memory and then your real life memory or it whatever is, you want to call it. It's through a surgical procedure. Right. Through your brain. So once you go to work, you start to remember the people at work and what you do and, and, and all that stuff. But then once you leave work, that shuts down and then you just live your life, you know, going to the grocery store, taking a nap, walking the dog, all that stuff. And the twain do not meet until they do, apparently. I'm assuming this is what's happening because we see a former employee who has disappeared and somehow or another he has popped up again. And he starts to... Uh, Mess with the Scott character saying, you know, you need to start asking some questions. Uh, boy, this one's really got me curious. You're not, I, I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. Um, I want you to pay attention to something okay. when you watch the next episode. I think they do this every episode. Adam Scott's character goes into the elevator. Goes down. And as he's going down, watch his face change. That's where the change occurs. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Because, you know, that's um, it's interesting you mention that because something's got life. to happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots happens. Because oh, my we God. Do, we do, no, I mean, as far as that transition. Oh, uh-huh. I mean, we do, I just did see him in the first episode. He, he locks in his ID mm -hmm. and everything in this little lockbox thing and then, you know, does that transition. I didn't notice a physical thing. I will you watch that. Then. You wouldn't know to do that. And I didn't, I don't think I picked up on that until maybe the third or fourth episode. Okay. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. He... His whole body language, his own, uh, the, his facial resting, everything looks different very subtly as he goes down the elevator. Okay, good. So, which is pretty cool and very difficult to do because to have that kind of control over what your face is doing, that's kind of hard. I don't play poker. He's an actor. <laughs> He's what a good actor. Do? He is a good actor. He really is. Um, Ozark is another one that I don't think I'm breaking any embargo. If I am, I'm going to edit this entire segment uh -huh. <laughs> um but ozark season four part b starts streaming i believe this weekend um whoa if you are a fan of ozark um you are going to be blown away by what happens with the bird family and everyone associated with them so have you seen this whole oh yeah everything as far as this next last season the last part of the last season? i have seen and this is the final season and i have seen the finale but i am not allowed to talk sure, of about course. that i just didn't know if you yeah okay. um right. but yes i've seen it all and i'm going to blame my daughter kelsey for getting me hooked on this and i can also thank my daughter kelsey mm -hmm. for getting me hooked on this i Great. really i really hate how they do this hmm. a season and then they split the season and just just show us the fucking show because i noticed better call saul is doing that for their last season as well oh are they really yeah they're separating it i think they're running five and then it goes on hiatus and it comes back no. in july and they run the last five see 
You don't need that shit. All right. Well, I'm not going to watch anymore until July then. Okay. Because you need to get caught up. Oh, I am caught. I'm oh, you caught are caught up? up? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, the last episode was a slow burn. Yeah. But I love the ending. Uh, Nacho, the uh, oh. informant, he, he, he has a big redemption scene. He's a and good And it actor. is wonderful. Guy's great. Yeah. Never seen him in anything else. And I, I would love to see him in other yeah. things. He's really good. He's really an good. impressive actor. He really is. It's funny. All, you know, I don't watch a lot of these shows, but they all seem to be happening now at the same time because I'm doing this severance thing. Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. Barry has started up again I on HBO. That. I never watched that. Oh, God, I love that. Do you really? It's fantastic. Would I like it? You would like it because it's dark, but also because of Henry Winkler. Okay. He, he, he won the Emmy for this. Okay. Super, he's this uh, has-been actor who now teaches acting classes. Oh, really? Yeah, he's very pompous. Okay. But there's more to him than that. Yeah, give it a shot. And these episodes are only like a half hour. Oh, perfect. So watch two or three, and if you don't, yeah, if if you don't want it, you know, just watch two or three. Okay. And then tonight is starting um, The Offer on Paramount Plus, a 10-part series on the making of The Godfather. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Miles Teller, uh, Giovanna Ribisi, Juno Temple oh, wow. uh, are all in it. And it, it's the whole behind-the-scenes saga of what it took to get this book to the screen, the making of the classic, all the turmoil that they had uh, about it. And uh, so, yeah, that starts on Paramount Plus tonight. I'm looking forward to that. Okay, and that's. it sounds like it should be a documentary, but it's not. It's a it's a Well, it's, it, it's a... Well, I'm... I'm you know, it's it's one of these fact based things. So, right, so right. You know, but I mean, if you know anything about the making of that film, you know how tumultuous it was. How hmm. well, Coppola had no one's confidence. He was quite concerned, convinced he was going to be fired. Uh, he fought. Really? Oh yeah, he was. He was convinced he was going to be fired. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to watch. I'm going to start watching that because I'd love to to chat about that because not because I loved The Godfather so much, but because that is such an iconic. Film yeah. in everyone's mind. And the key person in this is a guy named Robert Evans. Okay. Uh, producer. He comes in and he saves Paramount. Uh, they're at the bottom of the barrel as far as all the Hollywood major studios. And this guy's a former actor. Okay. And he comes in and uh, he's going to shake things up and he makes a name for himself with Rosemary's Baby. Okay. Love Story. Okay. Oh, wow. And those things get... And then The Godfather comes along. Is that before or after the uh, sausage and pancakes? Bob Evans, no. Did Robert, you say, I know. Robert <laughs> People call Robert Bob. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, you watch this. We'll I talk. Will, we'll chat. We'll, we'll chat. I'm sorry. <laughs> Perhaps the cookie was not enough yeah, for lunch and dinner. What are you doing here? <laughs> so that's about what we got for this week. Again, next week we will talk about um, The Duke, an independent heist film that we both really liked. Dr. Strange, and uh, I'm sure we'll touch on some TV stuff as well. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in. Please share, share, share. Thank you.